0: oh, Matthew's going to issue an apology. He won't mean it, but he's going to issue an apology, so just hang tight.
2: Karate Kid number 12, The Time of Your Death. Published January-February 1978. Written by Bob Rosakis with art by Juan Ortiz. Synopsis, a trip to Smallville leads to a desperate battle with Superboy.
0: Why are we back? To visiting Karate Kid. Please tell me why. Is it because. because of the new logo or what?
1: Partly because of the new logo, because the new logo is awesome. But also, when I broke down the Karate Kid issues, I said, hey, which Karate Kid issues had meaningful appearances of the Legion of Superheroes? And this one features the Legion of Superheroes, as well as a big fight between Karate Kid and a very, very high-profile member of the Legion of Superheroes. So, I...
0: Let me just preface by features the the Legion of Superheroes, Mm -hmm. because they only show up in the like the last panel.
1: They do only show up in the last panel, but one of their primary members is beating the snot out of Karate Kid for 20 pages. True.
0: Also, um, just since we're talking about the end of the last issue, uh, Saturn Girl and Lightning Lad. How Mm -hmm. can they be in here when they're still part of the when they just got married in the last episode and they're not part of the team?
1: Well, I can I can tell you now and it will spoiler it.
0: Well, I mean, I'm just curious because, you know, the way that this issue opens up, it says uh, this have these events take place immediately after the previous issue. And he comes in and he's being zapped by a beam. But, you know, one could interpret if they've read the the wedding issue that he's just been zapped back to the from the future.
1: <laughs> well, he hasn't been to the wedding yet. He's been. In the past, fighting uh, prehistoric nonsense uh, from Major Disaster.
0: Oh, right. Major Disaster is like the major villain in this whole thing. Does Major Disaster ever do anything like, does he ever fight like Captain Atom or does he ever, you know, fight any anyone else besides Karate Kid?
1: Yeah. Major Disaster, I believe, is a Silver Age, either Green Lantern or Flash guy who was super minor. Uh, Later, he ends up in the Justice League Antarctica as their leader, if I'm not mistaken. and. Uh, during a later run of Justice League, ends up as an Honest to Pete Justice League member, then founds the Justice League elite with Manchester Black's little sister.
0: So I probably only know Major Disaster
1: post-crisis. From when he sold his soul to Neron. yeah.
0: Isn't he not just like a... Doesn't he look like Captain Adam? but he's just wearing purple and yellow?
1: You're thinking of Major Force. Oh, that's who I'm thinking of. Okay. This is Major Disaster, who looks kind of like... Actually, I, I know kind of he looks, looks like, like Chronos.
0: Well, I was going to say in this, he kind of looks like a, a go bot.
1: <laughs> Major disaster is, uh, well, the name fits. He's one of those characters who kind of bounces around the DC universe and doesn't ever do much. But he's a guy that people know, like Evil Star. Yeah. Or, you know, some of these other guys. This is in his hooded suit. I believe he was part of an Injustice League in that suit.
0: mm. Yeah, it's it's purple and he's blue. He's purple and blue, and I, I'm looking. I guess I'm looking at one from his appearance in the DC animated universe where he's got the same uh, hood. Mm-hmm. But again, it's the the purple and blue. I just always remembered the purple and something with this guy. That's why I thought it was yeah, purple. Purple and hoods yellow.
1: are a Legion thing too. That's why this issue's in here. Mm-hmm. Anybody okay. in a purple hood becomes a Legion comic.
0: Okay, uh, long so long. this one starts yeah. with Karate Kid. Arriving in 1977, having a quick something something with Iris, which
1: this <laughs> is so, Iris waits! Pew, pew
0: I have a problem with with this. Okay. Is this not a problem or is it a problem? Because it seems multiple times that we've read karate kid, they're kind of into each other. And I know she's into him, but there's yeah. times where they're in some, some embraces and some holdings that are like, hey my girl's out of town how about you and i get it on
1: especially given that you know we found out either last issue or the issue before that karate kid is in the past to try and somehow i don't know earn the hand of projectra yeah yeah and he keeps getting distracted by this girl in the miniskirt and the the sexy sexy librarian bun and i'm just it's definitely odd. Yeah, I feel like it's a throwback. It, it feels out of place for the 60s. This feels like a 50s or you know, early 60s comic of sowing your wild oats before you finally well, get tied down to the old ball.
0: That would definitely chain. be a 70s thing as well, right? I mean, when we're talking about free love, but it just seems like, I don't know, it seems like a weird storytelling trope that no matter the situation, if the main squeeze is out of the picture then it's open season for the hero to go out and, and Mac on anyone that he wants. And I realize for some of our younger listeners, I've just used a whole string of words that you don't understand.
1: I think that if you say free love to me, that implies that, you know, Val is on the prowl and Jackie's like, Oh yeah, we have an open uh, legionarage. And I don't think that that's really the case. This really feels more like, you know, as you say, when the cat's away situation and it does, but I mean this is a, right but this people. is
0: a storytelling trope that comes up oh, a yeah. lot. In I mean, look at Aquaman; he does this. Look at look at Superman, and, and that's even Superman recently, where he and Wonder Woman are in uh, in some interesting uh, uh, situations. Even though he's supposed to be married to Lois Lane, and well, uh, he actually yeah.
1: dated Wonder Woman uh, before there was a a universal revamp, and that never happened
0: yeah that's a yeah. thing yeah hmm anyway right, let's, because let's just,
1: iris is only in this for like two pages she's uh, like gonna, getting a secret job
0: i was gonna say let's just hand wave that away for a moment because before he can even <laughs> do anything he's struck by a laser and sent back to the 1950s to smallville kansas where uh apparently there's an earthquake destroying the town of smallville which you know Contrary to what a lot of people may not know, Kansas actually does have a lot of earthquakes.
1: We have more now than we did in the 70s. Yeah, but yes, but there are not
0: earthquakes. but not uncommon. I mean, I remember even when I was in college uh, feeling an earthquake or two uh, when I was there. And, they
1: were super unusual when we were in college. So people were freaking out about them. Yeah, uh,
0: but yeah, they are very much more frequent now. Uh, people can go look up things like fracking and oil drilling and see if that is the cause of it. It is interesting that the more uh, of that stuff that happens around here, the more earthquakes that we've had recently, one could also look at the way the aquifer aquifer is being drained and all of those limestone uh, uh, reservoirs are drying up and falling in. That can be a lot of it too. But I think the last one that I felt not the last one that the state had, but the last one that I felt was probably about this time a year ago where i was just about ready to record a podcast and all of a sudden my microphone starts shaking i'm like i think we're having a an earthquake and sure enough pops it up and it was you know that's an earthquake we were feeling like 150 miles 200 miles away so yeah
1: it was like a 1.3
0: well no it was a th- to be felt all the way up here it was much uh harder than that it was definitely a three something around the wichita 5. area yeah um Okay. So, yeah, so people, there you go. Uh, if you visit Kansas, don't be surprised. I've I've had uh, experiences, more experiences with earthquakes in Kansas than mm-hmm. I did the entire time when I was living in California. Never had any, I mean, I'm sure there are tremors, just nothing that could be felt uh, right. in a year and a half. And everyone was like, well, this is unusual. Uh, the week I left, then they had another earthquake, uh, one that everyone felt. And then I come here and I'm like, oh, I kind of feel disappointed that I never felt any earthquakes. And then suddenly... Uh, i felt five just living in here in the last uh, 20 years. So that's, you know, that's a little weird.
1: Well, and it should also be noted that a huge fissure opens up and Val has to leap across or die. So... I mean, the earthquake in uh, this uh, pseudo Smallville is considerably more powerful than anything that we run into in
0: Kansas. Yeah, it's interesting that everyone has fled and and Karate Kid surmises that, oh, this is because of this person jumping out of the ground is Superboy and he's destroying this town. And so the people fled in terror. I must stop this Superboy, especially when this Superboy keeps saying that he does not know me. And that does bring up another question. Mm hmm. Doesn't karate kid know about the constant mind wipes that Superman is going through every time he travels to the past so wouldn't he if karate kid showed up in 1950 something something that um that Superman may not know who he is because of his you know super yep. hy- hypnosis?
1: The mind wipes don't re- remove his knowledge of the Legion of Superheroes. They just block his utilization of any future knowledge. So he but knows the Legion the Legion is in the future, He knows right? he has friends in the future. He knows that he's a part of the Legion, but he doesn't, for instance, know that you know his parents are dead and Metropolis is this and buy IBM at one forty-five. But he's aware of the existence of the Legion because in his Superboy Lair under the Kent Farm and or General Store, he actually has the statues of the Legionnaires, yeah, and they light up.
0: This this is a question that I ask every time this pops up is if he's supposed to be mind wiped and not remember anything, why is he still remember all of this stuff? Uh, well, he's so, not
1: being entirely mind wiped. So,
0: yeah. well, we've yeah, we've already figured that part out. And that's why they're not teenagers anymore. So in well, uh, in their struggle. Uh, Karate Kid decides to jump into a ravine, and apparently there's so much lead in the soil that it will block Superman's X-ray vision. Now, this is still, you know, a little sliding past the Silver Age, but uh, we still have stretchy capes and the the whatnots. So I'm going to guess that uh, Superman has not been depowered that much, which means that there's really not that much lead in the soil, ladies and gentlemen. There literally can't be that much lead in the soil. Um, But... This is probably a good time to bring up Flint, Michigan, Matthew.
1: Is there ever really a good time to bring up the problems of Flint, Michigan? I mean, I
0: mean yes, 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 there is uh-huh. always a good time. Right now is a good time. Why has it been over, what, six years now since this first uh, started popping up in the public uh, consciousness mm-hmm. that that Flint has really bad water that's full of lead contaminants and other things that people have to drink uh, bottled water uh, and they can't you know just use the water from their tap because their infrastructure is is fried. Uh, that is something that I think does need to be brought up again and again and again. And I think it's a shame that either the state government or the federal government doesn't step in to do this stuff. But let's just say that Karate Kid was in Flint, Michigan, and he jumped in a ditch uh, that was filled with water. Uh, he would probably be invisible to Superboy.
1: That's how lead works. Yeah. In the DC universe. Yeah, it does.
0: sure. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. Uh, finally, uh, Superboy and and Karate Kid figure out that we must stop fighting each other and work together.
1: No, they don't. <laughs> they fight and they fight and they fight. Karate Kid's like, "Hey, that's my old friend Superboy. I'ma kick him in the face." And then Superboy says, "We fight and we fight and we fight." And then Val finally realizes that he's outmatched, and he's gonna try and make Superboy mad, and that doesn't work either. But yeah, it's it's a really weird issue because Superboy's is like, "Hey, okay, fine. Let's take a moment." And then Val puts him in a headlock.
0: Yeah, grabs him around and says, hey, I, I've got you, Superboy. And uh, Superboy's like, ah, hold on. Let me explain. This really isn't Smallville. This is a scientific reproduction of Smallville so that the scientists at the SRA, which stands for the Scientific Research uh, Associates, uh, can do tests here. And I've been helping them. He also mentions, and this I found really fascinating. I had to do some research. Um well, I always do research because how else would I talk about Flint, Michigan? Or how would I talk about the uh, earthquakes in Kansas? Uh, that's why people turn and in, tune into this show. Um, but Superboy does mention that or there's an editor's box that says the SRA was a forerunner to Star Labs. Mm-hmm. Star Labs introduced in 1971. That's fine. Not a problem. Uh, that's, you know, seven years ago. So everyone's familiar with Star Labs. However, This may be the first and only time that the SRA has ever mentioned in connection to Star Labs, because I could not find even the well thought out Wikipedia pages have nothing when it comes to the SRA as it relates to Star Labs.
1: Yeah, this is kind of a little throwaway moment, which is interesting. I wonder if it's not a reference to the SRA and the reading people. Do you remember uh, SRA books when you were in grade school?
0: No, I don't think so.
1: SRA was a company that actually did um, reading basically like phonics books and comprehension books. Oh, yeah, books. yeah, yeah, yeah. They were behind or partly behind the Super Dictionary, uh, 40 Cakes and That's a Shame. Mm-hmm. But they also did a bunch of DC comics in and around this time period where you're just like, hey, here's some DC comics Learn to read, you rotten little kids. That so. would
0: be a really weird deep cut. It would. Um, But that's why we're here. But but I just find it interesting that even if you go up and look on the various wikis and the various fan pages where they talk about Star Labs, SRA is never mentioned.
1: I've never heard of it before this, and I can't think of or find any references to it after this. Yeah.
0: And we're just going to have to leave it there because the minute that uh, Karate Kid gets Superboy in a headlock, uh, that's the end of the issue and the Legion shows up. To mm-hmm. say, hold on, you two.
1: But do you notice anything odd about those Legionnaires?
0: Well, I see S- Saturn Girl
1: and Lightning Lad. Uh huh. Do you see their costumes? Yeah, they look really weird. Do you see the Bucky Goldstein colossal boy making his dramatic, awesome comeback and pointy shouldered? Why, it's almost like they're not from the same past. Uh oh. They're from the past of the past.
0: Uh oh that could be a problem i guess we'll find out i'm i'm guessing next episode we'll find out what happens
1: unless next episode let me check
0: yeah it's next episode
1: yeah sure we'll find out next episode what happens
2: if you enjoy the show we would appreciate your support You can find out more and become a Legion Clubhouse member at patreon.com slash major spoilers.
0: So I want to jump ahead really quick to the uh, Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes 236. This is the Legion Outposts. Uh, I enjoy reading these. I really do, because it is a fascinating snapshot of what? And again, it's a very super small sample because you're only getting like four or five. Letters to the editor in each issue. But I find it fascinating to just see what people were thinking at the time. And the thing that I've come to the conclusion is. Things haven't really changed. You know, we're looking at the Legion of Superheroes through the lens of today. By looking at these old comics and say, well, look at how these things relate today. And sure enough, we go into the to the editor's uh, letters to the editor And we have this one letter from Mike from Illinois who says, it seems that the switch to the giant size month uh, monthlies can do no harm to DC books. Justice League is better than it ever. uh, It it looks and it looks as if. Uh, Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes is headed in the same direction. Book length stories are always great. And when there are 30 plus pages to work with, things are even better. For one thing, greater characterizations can be used. Steve Englehart has done that with the JLA with a fair amount of success. But with the Legion, most of the heroes are fancy names, flashy costumes, snappy powers without personalities to back them up. There are exceptions, but generally the Legion of Superheroes is one dimensional. But steps are already being taken to correct this problem. Apparently, since issue number 231, you gave us a closer look at Princess Projectora, Colossal Boy, Shadow bringing Act 5. Keep it up. <laughs> and it's like, hey, that's pretty cool. People are digging into these giant-sized issues that we've been talking yep. about the last couple of episodes and what we like or what we don't. Oh, wait a minute. Dear Editor, grandiose <laughs> statements are easy to make, but they're not so easy to fulfill. Take the statement, quote... As of this issue, the magazine will be monthly. 48 pages of magnificence, unquote, for example. Substitute mediocre, and you'll hit closer to the truth. The quality standard is so low now that if it drops any lower, there will be no standard. If you think the quality of the material is high, then you're either deluded or stupid. Or you're knowingly passing off low-standard material to gullible children. So, um... I, I read this first one, I was like, great. Nothing like writing in your own uh letters so that you can, you know, play up the the changes that you're making at a company and make it a positive spin. But then suddenly we hit the second letter in the Legion Outpost and suddenly it is Twitter all over again.
1: Yeah, it's it's comic book guy. Worst episode ever. I just, you know, and the weird thing is,
0: uh, and the last time that we had a nasty letter. And I don't know if this is D.C. doing this intentionally or what, because during this time period, we are seeing a shift of female comic readers away from comics. uh, Female readers have always been part of comics. They they will always be there, but they're not in that 51 percentile that they were when we had true romance comics and all the other stuff that was coming out in the, the late 50s and early 60s. But interestingly, this letter that praises everything is from a boy. And the letter that is uh, pooping on everything that D.C. is doing is from a girl, Carla, from uh, Santa Monica, California. Mm -hmm. And I'm just thinking that is this is this intentional?
1: I don't know. I mean, honestly, if you look at the letters in this issue, there are five letters, four of them from male names and then the one from Carla. I don't know if it's intentional it may be one of those well, and also two of the people in in this letter column are famous or vaguely famous, but yeah, I don't know. I don't think so, but I wonder if there's you know an indication that maybe you know Carla is a more maybe an older and more sophisticated reader. Than some of the others, it's hard to say.
0: Yeah, I don't know, because they don't say their ages anywhere in mm. here. And I know that uh, in the past, sometimes they would say, hi, I'm a 14 year old boy and I just love the Legion. Or I'm a 14 year old girl and I just love Light Lass." Um, I'm a
1: 27 year old man and I love Sailor Moon.
0: <laughs> so I don't know. I just found that really weird. I would. And this is the second time that this has happened, because the last time that I read something from the letters page, it was a super dig at DC comics. And it was also from uh, a girl. And so I was just like, wow, this seems really odd until you realize that maybe this is intentional. So who are the, know. who are the, who are the famous names in this, in this uh, issue, Matthew?
1: Well, there's uh, Harry brunches who is uh, a big name Legion fan. Okay. Harry of course is the namesake of Flint broads, who I don't think we've met yet. Okay. Uh, but he's one of the people I believe behind the, uh, And we'll get corrections on this. I believe he's behind the Legion Omnicom or one of the APAs. And then, of course, the other one is from Robert Rohde, who actually grew up to be a writer himself.
0: Mm -hmm. He has a very lengthy. He has probably the longest uh, letter to the editor in this week's uh, (laughs) episode. It goes on for like eight paragraphs.
1: And I want to say that uh, Robert Rohde actually entered comics with heartthrobs. But the place that I know him best would have been uh, from around the time that DC did Identity Crisis. Bob Rody did a book called Identity Disc.
0: Oh, yeah. I remember that over that, at Marvel.
1: That just came out at the same time. And you're like, hey, hey, yeah. now, wait a minute. Yeah, and then, yeah, of yeah. course, he's behind Codename Knockout, mm-hmm. which is the punniest comic in the known universe. 24 which I issues of that. That's a good book, man. Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, Identity Disc. Uh, The last thing it looks like he worked with was in 2018, Merry Men with Jackie Lewis, Mm -hmm. uh, a five-issue miniseries from Oni Press. And I'm trying to see if there's anything after 2018. Nope, and he is still alive. So um, he also has a a movie adaptation, so that's probably why he's been busy the last couple of years. Movie adaptation of his novel, Kept Boy, was released in 2017.
1: Oh, that's cool.
2: Yeah. Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes, number 236. A world born anew. It's
0: time for Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes 236. Oh, they're really taking advantage of the supersized issue here because we don't get just one. Not just two, you get three stories of the Legion of Superheroes during their vacation times.
1: Legionnaires on leave, 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 leave.
0: So uh, I guess uh, let's start with the first panel again. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Why the heck is Brainiac creeping on Cosmic Boy and Night Girl when they're on their vacation? And how is that even possible and how is that even allowed?
1: Uh, Well, that's a good question. I'm going to go with uh, Surveillance State is how it's possible. And because the Legionnaires are a weird codependent pseudo-cult as to why it's allowed. Honestly, I think what it is, is it's just a moment designed to sort of transition us into, hey, Brainiac 5, you're still on monitor duty. Everybody else gets vacation time. But yeah, it would be different if they weren't uh, Jim sherman up. James Sherman draws a very, very uh, pneumatic... And half naked night girl in this first panel, and actually well the, the
0: same issue. way same way with Cosmic Boy,
1: Cosmic I mean, Boy as well.
0: And actually, I mean, there's a part where so they're on vacation, right? So they go out and they play some Magna Ball, and uh, and she's kicking his butt and everything. And then all of a sudden they have to put on their super suits. And Cosmic Boy actually puts on less clothing when he dresses up in his super suit than he does when he's playing Magnaball. Ball.
1: Well, here's the thing. There's more cloth in the socks that I'm wearing than in both of their (laughs) costumes put together. I mean, this is very, very Naked Legion era. Uh, Cosmic Boy is basically wearing, you know, a a push-up bra, and she's wearing one of those sling things that Borat gets away with. And, I mean, they they look great. I feel like this purple slingy-thongy thing with the owl, May be one of her best costumes to date, but since most of her costumes are just like a black onesie mm-hmm. and a beehive haircut.
0: Well, yeah, because she's changed her hair quite a while ago, but we rarely see her. So yep. it took me a while ago, Night Girl, Night Girl, isn't she supposed to be blue? No, no, no. That's the that's the other one. And then I was like, oh, Night Girl, she's a member of the Substitute Heroes. And was, yeah, that's right. She and she and, uh, and and Cosmic Boy are dating.
1: But she's listed in the roll call and treated as Duplicate Boy was a few issues ago, just like another Legionnaire.
0: I wonder if it's just saying, hey, everybody, here are your main characters that That's you're seeing in this cool. issue.
1: That's entirely possible. And uh, this particular issue is Levitz and Paul Kupperberg working together on the script. And I want to say that Cooperberg was part of the previous issue where all of a sudden there's Duplicate Boy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, honestly, if last issue taught us anything, somebody somewhere will write a whole issue of comics to explain why this issue happened somewhere down the line. I'm, so I'm sure. So let's we'll wait for it.
0: So James Sherman really quick. What else has he done that we might be aware of? Because the, the women that he draws here, the mm-hmm. men have, I mean, one of the nice, here's one of the things I like about all the art in this also in uh, the third story that we're going to get to. Um, uh, that's the artist Sherman as well. Oh, that Sherman as well. He does yeah. this thing where he draws everyone in good proportions, Right. So, everybody is muscular. They're not overly muscular. Uh, the facial features, everything looks fine. But he does this thing with the eyes where he makes the eyes on everyone Brainiac Five, Cosmic Boy, Superboy, doesn't matter who it is. Their eyes are always a little bigger. And for the women, their lips are a little um, r- fuller, b- fuller, rubbier, rubber, rubberier, uh, just bigger. They're just more filled. Yeah. And uh, I was curious about where we might have seen some of his other stuff, because when I take a look at it, I'm like, yeah, I know I've seen this style before. And it's not Humberto Ramos, everybody. So uh, no, put so. down your pens and pencils and and uh, stop your letter uh, mid-sentence. But uh, I know I've seen this this art style before.
1: James Sherman, to my knowledge, is best known for his work on Superboy and the Legion. I think it's the thing that he had the longest run on. Mm. I know that he did some work for Marvel in the late 80s and 90s. There's like an issue of Alpha Flight. But, yeah, I think that you may be seeing elements of uh, Jim Starlin. There might in be. Here.
0: I mean, especially and, in the third um, story, I kept thinking there's a lot of elements of Mark Schultz without being um, super detailed like Mark does in Cadillacs and Dinosaurs or Xenozoic there's Tales. There's
1: Mike Golden in here, too, especially in his Bucky O'Hare phase. Mm-hmm. And I think that you know, given the time frame, it's actually probably a question of you know, Golden being influenced by Sherman and not the other way around. Mm. But yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of stuff in here. It's very attractive art. Mike Nasser does the middle segment, which we'll get to in a minute. But yeah, it goes Sherman, Nasser, Sherman, and this is probably one of the best overall-looking issues yeah. we've had in a couple of years. There's yeah. a scene on the Legion Cruiser. Where Chameleon Boy and Colossal Boy are palling around, sitting in front of the big green screen, and they're lit underlit by mm-hmm. the green screen. Yeah, they're and l- underlit so by the controls.
0: Cool. Yeah, it looks really, really cool. It's uh, great. Meanwhile, Brawl is being turned into uh, a Mess. liquid, a liquid goopy goop, thanks to Corporate Man, aka the World Smith.
1: Oh, I. Can't.
0: This guy. So, what is the? I know we are post. Uh, Jimmy Olsen and the New Gods uh, stuff, mm-hmm. and I know we're still a why a ways away from uh, S- Superman and Big Barda making a sex tape.
1: About we're about eight years from that. Yeah,
0: yeah but not not too far. The Wordsmith does kind of remind me of that creeper. The the what is this sleaze or whatever sleaze. the guy's name? He reminds me a lot of sleaze. He's he's super cartoony. He's this green bulbous blob of guy with whiskers. Yeah. And he's dressed out in a pinstripe suit.
1: Yeah, he he looks like you know an an ex, kind of an exaggerated, horrific version. Uh, maybe a combination of a goblin and every rich bad guy from every seventies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Somebody from Colombo or one of the rich people who kept visiting the Evans family in good times. Yeah. Hello, Willona. And he Alderman just, Davis. Yeah. Yeah.
0: He keeps doing everything he can to knock the Legion down and continue to turn the planet into something. We don't know what he's doing. He's turning it into slime, hoping to reconstruct it in some way.
1: Yeah, he has been hired by an unknown party to basically terraform uh, the planet of Browl. and. It takes the whole Legion to confuse him, even though Projectra should have been able to do it by her damn self.
0: So another thing that makes me remind that reminds me that this is kind of New Gods related is because the ship that he's in has a very uh, New Gods influence, Jack Kirby influence. And it's really weird. And I don't know. You know, I know that this one and this is probably the only time we ever see the world smith.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. World Smith appears again in Who's Who and the Legion like 10 or 12 years later, but he never comes back.
0: Yeah, no, but there's just something about it that's like, it wouldn't surprise me if Darkseid was the one that was trying to terraform this planet, uh, even though uh, that's not who it is in this, in you're this case.
1: You're early for that. Yeah. But yeah, and his... His nose is is just awful and creepy. Mm-hmm. He looks he looks really cartoony. Yeah, that's what's really weird about this, like a cartoon Nixon, which is fine. <laughs>
0: well, that could I be mean, it too. I mean, we are still. I mean, it's four years past uh, Watergate,
1: but it's the seventies, and you know, yeah. everybody's fighting against the fat cats.
0: You mm-hmm. know, the fat cats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it yeah, would be Green Arrow which is probably why cats. this guy has uh, whiskers, and why Maybe. he's fat.
1: Could be. Now, as to why he's green and looks like a goblin, uh, because they're evil. Uh, That's true. But of course, the whole thing is just a setup for the end panel joke, where we see that what he's been hired to do is turn the entire planet of Brawl into Easter Island.
0: Yeah, which is really interesting, where suddenly they clear away all the projections and the debris and all the stuff, and they see all these uh, Maui or Maori uh, statues, the Easter Island heads. Uh, Moai, that's what they are, Maui uh, statues all over the place. And Superboy mm-hmm. is like, well, something tells me World Smith was on my planet, Earth, a long, long time ago.
1: <laughs> Everybody laugh, freeze frame.
0: Yeah, uh, high five. Uh, there's some a little bit of uh, uncomfortable misogyny in in this story. Um, it is still the 70s, but, you know, yeah. good job there, Levitz. They, um,
1: they try, you know, because at one point, uh, Magnetic Kid, who is making his third or fourth appearance in the Legion universe, future mm-hmm, Legionnaire, by the mm-hmm. way, never actually named in this issue, other than calling him baby brother. Right. Magnetic Kid is like, "Are you afraid to get beat up by a girl?" And Cosmic Boy is like, "No, my ego's not that fragile." And I, yeah, I kind of like that, but then he immediately gets into a problem where he's clearly fighting for ego and doesn't want to get beaten by his girlfriend Mm -hmm. and magnetic kid's girlfriend. So I feel like they tried, they really did try to have, you know, the good guy say something that a good guy would say.
0: Yeah. Uh, the other thing that I noticed in here is in previous issues, we have started to see a shift uh, from using just their superhero names to using their regular names. And all the mm-hmm. time that you would see someone say, well, uh, you know, Brock. And then they'd say, this guy is secret. He's, you know, that's his secret name of the blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. and so we've had that for multiple issues. Now they're just straight out, just calling them by yep. their real names.
1: Rock and Lita and mm-hmm. Chuck and Seth and
0: yeah, Bert and, and uh, Chandra's. Yeah, no, they're they're just going, I mean, and I, I think that's interesting. I still think that it's, they haven't done the, that is so-and-so's real name uh, editor boxes. And there may be an issue behind doing it that way, but I'm glad that they're moving everyone to their regular names. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's going to take someone a moment if, you know, ah, this only comes out monthly and it was like two months ago that I read the last issue. Who's this again that they're talking about? And you can slowly put things together. Uh, But I, but I like the change. I still wish they would have at least for a little while put the editor's note saying, "Hey, this is uh, really this person's name."
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Second story in this book:
1: the very first solo appearance of the man called Monel,
0: who would eventually get his own series, well-deserved series.
1: Well, this Monel didn't. That was his uh, (laughs) post-zero hour. Post-zero hour. hour, Yeah. Oh, hey, look, everybody, the coons are back. The cuns. The Kunz. It's hard because both versions of their name just sounded appropriate. Yeah. Uh, the, the pinky alien guys. The Kund. The warrior, the the kun. warrior
0: group are back.
1: The and faux Klingons are now, back. Now, who's
0: the artist in this? Because this is stuff that reminds me of Mubi, Mubius uh, art uh, a, a lot in, in a lot of the attention to detail that's going on, especially when the Kuns show up in a ship that is the size of... What's the largest uh, star destroyer in um, in Star Wars? <laughs>
1: Baseball one, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah basically.
1: Uh, but whatever break the break for nothing, whatever that
0: giant one is, uh, I forget what class of the ship it is of the of the star destroyers. Uh, but that's essentially what Monel is up against, and that's he has to. F- class, I think he has to figure out how to take that ship down without killing people, because that's not the Legion way. Even if these guys deserve it. And also preventing them from getting access to the energy that the United Planets has been secretly mining so that they can weaponize it.
1: Yeah, this is uh, Mike Nasser, also known as uh, currently known, I believe, as Michael Netzer. Ah, OK. I think he changed his name somewhere along the line. But, yeah, this is some good looking mon And the only thing that keeps this from being definitive Monel for me is the lack of the yellow cuffs that Cochrane used. Hmm. Ah, uh, but yeah, this is uh, this is very important because when you're doing, say, you're you're a guy and you're doing a hero history for major spoilers, majorspoilers.com, you should check it out, and you're looking for a really, really solid, definitive picture of Monel. This story is full of these amazing, hugely beautiful pictures of Monel, none of which are appropriate to use for your hero history, but. Nonetheless, this is a story that you will tear apart in so doing to try and figure this out. Yeah. And I I do like the fact that this story kind of establishes that much like crypto, when there's nothing going on on Earth, Monel just gets bored and starts wandering the galaxy.
0: I mean, it's his time off now, but he's still so we've talked about this before. His planet is still around and he does have descendants. Yep. So he could but, go home and hang out with his, you know, great, 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 great cousins.
1: He could. And, you know, Largand, Model's real name, he <laughs> said it in box. Largand is a thousand years out of his time. And part of the reason that he's a thousand years out of his time is because he chose to be an explorer, an astronaut. Yeah. And, you know, ran into Superboy, got lead poisoning and had to spend that time in the Phantom to Zone. become
0: so. a brush salesman.
1: Yeah, it's neat to see uh Bob Cobb, Monel's real name, <laughs> uh out in space kind of just exploring and, you know, doing cool stuff and flying around because he can. Yeah. I really appreciate that. And this later does become one of the focal points of not just Monel, but after the reboot, when he becomes Valor, you'll also see this in Valor kind of not only just running around, but founding entire cultures.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, kind of like kind of the way Zeus founded entire cultures by
1: a little bit, having uh, sex
0: with all the women's.
1: He didn't have, you know, he didn't turn into swans. No, oh. um, but yeah, Monel actually goes out and helps to seed planets, not like Zeus, but with you know, he doesn't
0: columns. rain golden showers down upon them.
1: Stephen Francis, I'm just Schleicher.
0: saying that's the story.
1: I know that's the story, and that's why I wasn't saying it. But yeah, Monel <laughs> actually found helps to found the United Planets in the twentieth century, yeah. so that when we get to the thirtieth, there are actually planets to unite. And yep. single-handedly takes out Spaceball One before it can turn into Mega Maid in this issue, and leaves uh, the Kundian Warlord Karlak stuck in space, having Crush to call you Space Triple A. Bob, come and. Nobody, nobody even notices. We don't actually see anything other than, you know, Spaceball One. Yeah. We don't ever see Carlac. We don't actually see the Warriors of the Kund attacking him.
0: No. We just see
1: them shooting at him from a distance and Monel going, oh, you want to play for real, huh, Seymour? And crippling their power supply. Yeah. I
0: think the only time we see the Kuns is in a flashback when they're referring to Adventure Comics 346 and 347. When they're talking about that time uh, that the legion members were captured and they had to to break out of jail and all that stuff,
1: yep. And I kind of like that. I mean, he encounters this weird ship. The weird ship is up to no good. He busts up the ship and he moves on and he goes on about his business because he's yeah. Monel, you
0: know. Yeah, he's Monel.
1: It's a nice little hey. What would you do if you were essentially Superman without the responsibility? Moment, and it really kind of helps to define what Monel is going to become. Yeah. You know, he's this explorer. He's this wanderer. But if you if you need his help, he will bust up an evil ship for you.
0: Mm -hmm. It's nice. There is a third and final story in this issue. Words never spoken. And it may be easy to skip because you get to the Legion outpost and you're like, okay, that's the end of this issue. And then you're like, no, wait, there's a bunch of stuff. There's not just advertising for the next 20 pages. There's an actual story. This is a story. About uh, Santa Girl and Lightning Lad having some romances and him saying, we need to get married. But if we get married, we have to leave the Legion of Superheroes. But that's okay because I'm a man now and you're a woman and we can deal with these things.
1: I don't know about that.
0: Let's go to my planet and have a trippy, trippy mushroom dream.
1: And turn into the carpenters for some reason.
0: (laughs) Maybe a little bit. This this really is this really is a drugged out uh, issue. Uh, I would say maybe a little bit more, a little bit more Logan's Run uh, than anything. Um, You know, than the the carpenters. But they decide to depower Saturn Girl and go into a holographic chamber. You wouldn't want to call this any kind of a danger room or anything like that, because that would get you in trouble.
1: It's a room full of danger. You
0: certainly can't call it a holodeck because that hasn't been invented yet.
1: It's a deck full of hollowness.
0: And the hollowness decides that they will become real light constructs, and uh, the safety measures will be turned off. And lightning,
1: Professor Moriarty, (laughs)
0: lightning lad, and Saturn Girl have to fight their way through their own minds to get out of the uh, the simulation. And along no, no, no. the way, no. holy cow, this is the trippiest. I mean, this is probably the most psychedelic. Yeah. Well, definitely the most psychedelic so- Legion comic that we have read. And until the upcoming Swamp Thing with um, Alan Moore, when things get trippy with him, uh, what, in about a decade or something like that?
1: Um, uh, Alan Moore's Swamp Thing starts in 82, so we'll be oh, about yeah, of so, years
0: out. Oh, okay. So we're really getting close to that. There is all sorts of... Just uh, let's take this uh, filter and use the invert uh, button and turn everything different colors. And they go out and they have a magic mushroom trip and they realize that we are meant to be together forever and we've connected. We are bonded as one. Let's get married. Next issue. Wait a
1: minute. Here's the point where my apology comes into play. And unlike what Stephen would imply, (laughs) it is a real apology. So oh, I didn't say it wasn't
0: going to be a real apology.
1: You just said I wouldn't mean it. And I yeah. do mean it because it it does bother me. But here's, here's the thing. This is a little inside baseball, a little Hollywood stuff about Legion Clubhouse. When a Legion Clubhouse is born, a mommy Legion Clubhouse and a daddy – no, that's not it. When a Legion Clubhouse is born, what happens is we go, hey, let's do X number of episodes. Okay. How many? P- two per episode. Okay. So for 10 episodes – We need 20 issues of comics, right? That makes sense. So I go and I get 20 issues of comics. And there are three databases that I use, one of which I will give you the name of because it's awesome. It's thecosmicteams.com. And then two other uh, public, um, let's the open source things that I go and I figure out how do these books go in order. So I effed up. Uh, because obviously the wedding that we had last episode should not be until after this issue. And because I was looking at one of those open source lists and I was like, okay, 236, then the karate kid fits right here. So karate kid goes there. Obviously the wedding boom right there. But when I went through that open source, it's like, Hey, this issue of Legion of superheroes has two stories in it.
0: So, but I'm I'm curious though. Why can't we just look at the covers? Uh, you know, Karate Kid, January February 1978, uh, Superboy mm-hmm. Legion of Superheroes 236, uh, February 1978. Uh, mm-hmm. That gosh darn uh, C55 that, issue, that March cat 1978. Cat. Why can't we just well, go look at those those dates and say, oh, well, this should be obvious?
1: Because the stories don't actually take place in the order that they're being published in some cases, and sometimes because of comic book nonsense, you will get a story that you go, hey, where does this go? Seven issues before now is where it would have to happen chronologically. So basically, in trying to figure out the chronology and saying to myself, hey, self, where does this chronology go, and how do we avoid a big chronology snarl, I made an even bigger chronology snarl. And for that, I do apologize. But here's the deal. What you do is when you're listening to Legion podcast. What you do is tell all your friends, wake the kids, phone the neighbors, that when you're going through the list and you're saying to yourself, okay, I'm now going to watch or listen to a Legion podcast episode, you just listen to issue 90 before issue 89, and it'll be like reading comics in 1978, where you have to go, oh, wait, this took place in the past.
0: Yeah, so in order for this to happen, yes, you need to invent a time machine. Right. So that you can listen to this episode, then you can right. go back about a month, month and a half, maybe that will make it two months, just okay. to be uh, safe. And yeah. then you also have to do the super hypnosis, right. so you forget all that stuff. But you somehow write like on you mean, your your hand episode ninety before eighty nine, and I then it'll you all have work to out.
1: Tattoo it on your chest, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, like backwards a memento. memento. Yes, memento. Yeah. All right. Or write it, write it on your forehead backwards in in. Uh, so, so
0: so, there you go, everyone who has been furiously writing to us. Put down your pen. Put down your pencil. Yeah, uh, there it's you go. Fault. There's I your explanation. Up. That's why I didn't respond to you two weeks ago <laughs> when the episode <laughs> released and you guys were like, I think you guys forgot a couple of uh, issues. Well, we didn't forget we them. Didn't They've just forget. been uh, chronologically uh, displaced.
1: Yeah, this this happens. Uh, what happens is I'm actually the Earth to Matthew. And I got confused because the tea in Mixius Pitilic was in the wrong place.
0: We have reached the end of another Legion Clubhouse. Matthew, what have we learned
1: this time? We've learned that if you're going to read comics in order, you should probably read the comics in order.
0: I think we've also learned that, dang, there's some good fine art from James Sherman in this issue.
1: And no matter how good the art is, Val's hair really bothered me all throughout Karate Kid number 12. So, you know,
0: thank you so much, everyone, for checking out the Legion Clubhouse this week. If you want to drop us an email again, no need to write the pencils and the pens. Just open up your uh, fire up your computer thing and get on those entire webs. There's a thing called the email that you can drop us an email at podcast at Majorspoilers dot com. Look forward to hearing all your thoughts on this issue and everything that we do at Major Spoilers. And until next time, I'm sitting right here, man.
1: And I'm Cocked Up Chronology Kid.
2: The Legion Clubhouse is a production of Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC, and is produced by Stephen Schleicher. Your hosts were Matthew Peterson and Stephen Schleicher. You can follow Matthew at Mighty King Cobra and Stephen at Major Spoilers. You can follow this podcast on Twitter at Legion Clubhouse. If you have questions or comments, send them to podcast at majorspoilers.com. I'm Jason Inman. Until next time, eat it, Grandpa.
0: This podcast is copyright 2021 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.